The Hard Shoulder with Kieran Cuddy with Nissan on News Talk. Uh, I want to talk about this OECD alcohol consumption study. What it says is that Ireland comfortably in the top 10 of the world's biggest biggest rather binge drinking countries. Uh, They're looking primarily at uh, developed nations I should say in this regard but we are comfortably in the top 10. Uh, Frank Murray, Professor Frank Murray is with me, the Chairman of Alcohol Health Action Ireland. Frank, I mean, when, when you compare this to kind of overall consumption rates, which have been gradually declining in this country, what, what does it tell you about our drinking habits? Uh, well, th- thank you, Kieran. Well, what it tells us is that um, we, 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 we do drink um, heavily relatively to other countries in the OECD, and that's stated clearly in that report. But particularly, we binge drink or have what's described as heavy episodic drinking, in other words, drinking more than six uh, units, that's three pints, six glasses of wine in in a session. And that's defined, in a uh, two-hour session, that's defined by the World Health Organization as, as, as binge drink or heavy episodic drinking. And the reason why that's particularly important, so on both those parameters we score badly, but, but why it's particularly important is because heavy episodic drinking or binge drinking has its own risks, which, of course, you'll all be aware of. Mm. Um, uh, accidents or or incidents getting involved in violence as either the perpetrator or the victim including gender-based violence and domestic violence, self-harm and suicide and impulsive behaviours and indeed in the UK as a result of recognising the the fact that particularly for men um, um, binge drinking leads to more reckless and impulsive behaviour, they change their low guidance, low risk uh, alcohol consumption guidelines in 2016 mm. uh, and they made them the same as 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 the limits for women so there's a lot not to lot there is a lot here and not not to like about um uh, being your heavy episodic drinking from a harm's point of view how how much of the challenge frank for you and your kind of fellow travelers if i'll describe it that way are problems of perception you know, you know, the people listening to this and when I when I introduce the item as binge drinking in their head, they're probably thinking, right, that's people going out drinking eight, nine, ten, eleven pints of a night as opposed to the three pints. Yeah, well, you know, I, I'd argue, Kieran, that that reflects how deeply unhealthy our attitude to alcohol is, because we think that behaving like that is is a normal or acceptable thing to do. It, it's not, to be honest. Uh, and internationally, it, it, it's looked at in a, you know, people say, gosh, don't people drink very heavily in Ireland when they drink? And if you look at, say, that, that table within that document from the OECD, a lot of the countries who are at the very bottom of the binge drinking report, the ones with, with a low risk, a low incidence of binge drinking, the countries where we admire their drinking, like Greece, Italy, Spain, you know, so, you know, we're out of line with them. And, and, and Italy is a very interesting country to contrast ourselves with, Karen. Italy, 50 years ago, drank four times what we drank per capita. Mm. And they dramatically reduced that. So they drink now far less than we do. And they drink in a way, they drink small amounts more frequently. And they don't tend to binge drink. So that's a very good recipe, I think. We should follow the Italians. We should follow the French who've also greatly reduced their um, alcohol consumptions. So, you know, there are lots of other countries where we can look at and say we can learn a lot from them. And we can learn a lot also from the WHO, the World Health Organization. And they have a series of recommendations about reducing um, alcohol-related harms. Mm -hmm. And to be fair, in Ireland, we have adopted some of those. For instance, minimum unit pricing. We are putting warnings and nutrition content on the labels 
and we're introducing some restrictions, although not enough, I'd argue, yeah. around advertising and marketing. So, you know, we're, 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 we're making progress here in Ireland, I think, yeah. um, slowly. Neve Maher is with me as well, Commercial uh, Creative Director with Journal Media. Neve, do you think we've got a culture of binge drinking amongst younger people in particular? Yeah, definitely. I mean, I, I can obviously only speak to, you know, my own experience, but I kind of came into the culture of drinking and binge drinking in particular um, in the kind of early 2000s, which, you know, I mean, let's be honest, it, it wasn't the best of times. Um, it was definitely um, embraced as I suppose, a social lubricant almost, you know, this idea that binge drinking at the time was the normalized drinking experience. And I think that that is something that, you know, it's definitely a sign of the times back then, you know, it was, it was the new digital age, we were the final culture and the final generation that didn't have any social media whatsoever. So essentially, our teen years, we were brought up without anything being documented. And now I can I think we can really see the younger generations are starting to adopt a more healthy approach to their drinking because every single moment of their lives is being documented. And so, you know, there's definitely a little bit more... So, of, accountability is holding them in check, is it? Well, it's a bit of the risk aversion, you know, as, as yeah. well. But it, but it's also the, the sober curious movement that's happening at the moment. It's also the mindful drinking that is being adopted by the younger generations. But for me personally, you know, coming up in that generation, it was definitely, it wasn't only embraced as a social lubricant, it was also a little bit of, you know, you got through the best of times while you were drinking and you also had camaraderie with your peers through rotting hangovers like you talked about that that was that was what we talked about when we were in our 20s we were all in it together where by now the generation really want to switch off and detach from this always on culture we almost wanted to get obliterated and just forget about everything so it's good to see that we're moving in the right direction but it's definitely to do with our relationship with drinking as a nation and how it's it's always been uh, Hugh Wallace is with me uh, as well, the architect. Um, Hugh, do you think it is still part of the culture that the culture is beginning to change? No, it's embedded in our culture. Drink is embedded in our culture. And while I do think it is changing, it, it's so ingrained that we have so far to go. And I, I think that The drinking is very interesting because, in my opinion, there's about a quarter of a million people who are attached to alcohol. And we talk about the alcoholic, but really we need to be talking about the impact that the alcoholic has on uh, others. You know, the the alcoholic himself affects four other people. So 20% of our population is affected directly by alcohol today. And those people don't have any access to counselling or services to, to deal with their anxieties and pains and emotional stress that's being caused. And it's sort of like a bit brushed under the carpet. In, in what way brushed under the carpet? That, that we don't talk about it or well, that we, we can't? We don't talk about it. We don't talk about it. If somebody has cancer, you say, did you go to the doctor? Are you getting, you know, help? If somebody's a heavy drinker or great fun when you go out for the night, the same as saying you're an alcoholic. Nobody goes to them, look, I'm terribly sorry about this. Would you mind sorting yourself out? You're affecting your children and your wife. The wife can never talk 
or the children can never talk. Who do they talk to? They can't go into school the next day and say to their teacher, you know, I had a drug for life. Mm. I didn't get fed last night. I had anxiety. If my kid in bed worried when the door opens. And do you but think? What, but do you think you that, that, person going to be that that we don't Sorry. that there's that kind of um, reluctance to talk about it in the same way that we talk about cancer because. Um, in a lot of people's minds, we still attribute a bit of kind of um, a level of personal failing to alcoholism. You know, okay. uh, Hugh, you've got, you, you know, I know you can say you've got a disease, but, you know, I think you're just weak willed, that type of thing. But it isn't. It is a disease. No, I know, but it is, it, I wonder, is there still a prevalence of that other attitude? Well, no, I, I, I tell you what was very interesting. So when, when I was um, in, in the Stanhope, uh, at the time, uh, in recovery. There were people in that room who were on their journey of recovery, which is so difficult, but actually couldn't tell anybody, none of their family members. They couldn't say, I'm actually in the Stanhope on recovery. So what chance did they have? So many alcoholics are afraid. Uh, do, do you know? Yeah. And, and we have to get over this. Alcoholism is a disease. And, oh. and you need to call it what it is. And don't be ashamed. People mustn't be ashamed. Because if you're ashamed, you will never be able to deal with the effect. Anya has gotten in touch and Anya works in addiction treatment. And she says there's a major problem with alcohol use among Irish women from all socioeconomic groups. We need to start harm reduction education in secondary schools. I think it's the most destructive legal drug in our country. And on the question of legal drugs, Lara in Dublin says, I think the younger generation aren't drinking so much because they've got other drugs so readily available to them that are immune to taxes and minimum unit pricing. Lara and Anya, thank you for those views. 087-1400-106, the number. Thank you to Hugh Wallace, to Niamh Marr and to Professor Frank Murray. The Hard Shoulder with Kieran Cuddy with Nissan. Weekdays from four on News Talk.